You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Just got an email from someone who told me they were so discouraged that they thought they were just going to give up on this whole marriage thing. It just was not worth the difficulty. I got another email from someone saying, you know, this feels like I'm just kind of trying to find some way around the pain of breakup. Maybe I just need to accept that. What's true in both of those statements is the level of discouragement that people are feeling. And I see it on a regular basis. In fact, I rarely don't see it with people who are working on saving their marriage. What I've noticed is that a lot of people have this belief that progress is supposed to be this really smooth, you know, kind of linear line that should go kind of diagonally upward. And if you were to draw a graph on your progress, you would, you know, you put a dot down about how things are, where bad, good, whatever they are, and you'd mark that. And then you would go over to your right and go up and put another dot and draw this line straight up. So our belief in this regular progress gets in our way for one central reason. It's not the way progress ever happens, <laughs> ever. And so the fact is that there are going to be discouraging moments in your journey through this. That's the reality. There's a back and forth kind of pattern. And if you were to draw it you know, on that line of progress, you would draw squiggles. And what you're looking for is an overall trend. If you're familiar with statistics, sometimes what we do is we gather information and sometimes the numbers are higher, lower, higher, higher, lower, lower, higher, lower. And we just kind of look for what is a kind of a trending line. Is the trending line upward or not? If you're in business, you know this very well. You have a good month and you have not such a good month. And what you're looking for is are we building towards more profitability? And if the trending line over time is going up, you feel good about it. If not, you ask the question, what do we do to change that? Now, notice what I didn't include in there, that you should feel bad about it. (laughs) That's discouragement. So if things are going well, you say, great, let's keep on this task. If things are not going so well, we ask the question, okay, what do I need to do to turn that trend line around? It's a simple question but one that's much better than giving in to the discouragement. The reality is that the back and forth squiggly line is normal. That's that's what we should expect. It's true all along. Let's say you decide that you have um, uh, resolution. Here we are in January, a resolution to gain or to lose weight, to, to gain strength, to get in better shape, whatever. If you were to track your progress, There are going to be days when you make progress and other days when you don't. I was talking with somebody uh, online that had been working to lose weight and been consistently losing weight. And this person said, you know what? I've lost 25 pounds, but in the last week I've gained two pounds. This must be a failure. And I went, you know, you've lost 25 of what you wanted to do. You've lost 25. You gained two pounds pounds in a week, but you've lost 25. Don't lose sight of that. 
had another person who was talking to me about their desire, you know, to get stronger. And they were telling me that they had been every week adding a few more pounds on what they were doing. They're doing some rucking like I do, which if you're not familiar with that, is basically walking with weight on your back, putting weight in the backpack and rucking it around. And they kept adding weight. And then one week they had to take the weight out. It was just too much. And they said, you know, I think maybe I'll just quit this because it's not working. I said, wait, wait, how much more weight are you carrying now than when you started? And they were carrying 30 more pounds than when they started. But they had to take out five, meaning they were still 25 pounds ahead of where they had started. That much progress. But instead of saying, wow, maybe it's just kind of a you know, point of my body getting used to it, or maybe I'm not feeling as well, or maybe something else is going on. They were ready to just say, this is a failure. Do you find yourself doing that sometimes, you know, where you start down and you're making some progress on some something and, and you get a pushback and you suddenly decide that maybe this is a failure, maybe this isn't working? I think that's what we do as humans, and that's the term we use for that. It's to be discouraged, right? And so part of what we have to do is allow for the discouragement as part of the process, but not let it dominate our thinking. If you've made progress and any regress makes you feel like it's a failure, you may miss out on the progress that's been there. The trend of progress and regress is where you're looking for, am I building some ground? And if not, not do I give up, but where do I need to pivot some? How do I need to change this a little bit? Let's talk just for a minute about that word discourage. If you've listened to some of my podcasts, you know that, you know, the, the meanings in words are kind of important to me that I I think that they're important to pay attention to. And so this is one of them. This is one of the words that I find to be interesting, discourage. So first let's talk about that root word, courage. Courage has as its root core, which in French means heart, which basically means it's an action from the heart. And so discourage is to take away action that you've moved through from the heart. In other words, to be discouraged, at one point you had to have courage. And I'm just kind of interested in those two words, discourage and encourage. Discourage is to move you away from courage. Encourage is to add courage into some process. So This is a common pattern I've seen people in the words they use as they're working through their marriage crisis. Uh, They will at one moment say, you know, I'm discouraged. In another moment, they'll say, I'm encouraged. And I would rather them recognize the courage that's involved. Just for a moment, just think about how important this work is. Saving a relationship is important work. We too often in our culture believe it's just easy to throw things away. And we live in the disposable culture. And yet here in a marriage, it's the most important relationship that most people have as adults. And how easy we are to push it aside. I often talk about people who hit the pause button on their marriage. Here it is, the most important relationship they claim in their adult life, and then they set it aside for other things instead of making sure that they continue to provide attention to that. But that's a fact, and that's likely why you have an issue. 
Now you realize how important it is. And one of the things that people often do is that they just decide to give up. Maybe friends or family say, you know, it's easier just to walk away. Just let it go. And a lot of times families say that for the best of reasons. They don't want you hurting anymore. But what they think is if you end the relationship, the hurt will end. That's a false assumption. (laughs) And so what you're doing is important work. When uh, I was traveling over Thanksgiving uh, with my family, I was thinking about the impact of this work that people do on their marriage and my work with couples. And I was thinking about it in terms of my extended family. And I started thinking about the impact of the divorces that have happened in my extended family, my aunts and uncle, and realized that the damage is significant in a family. And that the work to save a marriage is basically for generational impact. That's how important this is. Four generations. So let me specify those generations for you. The first one is you, your generation. If if you're faced with a divorce, your generation. It is a disruption for people to have a divorce. It's an economic disruption. It's an emotional disruption. It changes the future trajectory for many people. And there's no way to get around that. We can you know, make it as easy as possible. We can do it as peacefully as possible. But there is a negative impact on the person who is divorced. There's no way around that. The second one that it's easy to look at is the parents of people who are divorcing. If your parents are still alive, you can see their pain. I saw it in my extended family. I saw my grandparents struggling through as their children were divorcing and the impact it had upon them, the pain it inflicted upon them. That's two generations. Let's drop down one to the kids. No matter what we have done to study divorce, we have seen that kids are impacted by divorce, negatively impacted by divorce. Anecdotally, I can tell you, having worked with lots of people who, as adults, are thinking back on their childhood of divorce, and they tell me the negative impact it had. Statistically, we see the impact of what happens with kids who go through divorce. There are, there's no way around it. Are there ways to minimize it? Absolutely. Is there a way to nullify it? No, there's not. There's going to be an impact. So that's the third generation. Not only that, but as I was talking with people before they got married, as adults who watched in their childhood a divorce happen, It changed what they did with their kids, and it changed what they did in their marriage for generations, at least. That's the direct impact for generations of your work. There's not many things that you do in your life that impact four generations. So one of the things I often recognize is that when people feel discouraged and want to give up, they've lost track of the level of impact that this matters, that this does. When you recognize how important this is, you step back into courage. Now, courage is when you take action, even though it's scary. That's the, that's the working definition of courage. I act on important things, even though it's scary things. So notice there's action involved and it's about important things and they're still scary. That's the nature of that. So what do we do with this? 
Well, one of the things we want to recognize is that when we uh, are discouraged, we have to look at the place where we can turn the corner a little bit. And one of the things we can do is recognize that our future focus is where the discouragement comes from. What do I mean? Most of the time, people aren't discouraged about this moment, but what this moment means in the future. If my spouse isn't connecting with me, then they're never going to. If things are a bad day today, then they're always going to be a bad day, right? The discouragement is almost always, if you kind of drill down a little bit, about the future meaning. Otherwise, you just go, okay, that's a bump right now. Right now is a bad day, right? Right now, things didn't go the way I wanted, and you keep moving forward. But a future focus, and here's the problem. (laughs) Our future focus is based on our present feeling. Research calls this future feeling forecasting, and humans are not good at it. Future feeling forecasting is when you try to determine how you're going to feel in the future. The problem with it is you use how you're feeling now to determine that. We do this every day. You know, you're having a bad day and you think, well, this whole week is going to suck or this whole month is going to suck or this whole job sucks, right? You have a bad day and you think forward, this is going to keep going on or even a bad moment. And you think, oh, the whole day is going to be bad. And part of what happens is people get wrapped up in trying to think forward based on how they're feeling now rather than thinking forward on what's possible. What's my future self going to be feeling at a different place rather than what am I feeling or what am I going to be feeling based on what I'm feeling now? So future feeling forecasting is very dangerous and is deeply tied into why we are discouraged. Remember earlier we talked about the fact that if things are going well, it's a good indicator that you keep doing what you're doing. If things are going poorly, then you ask yourself, where do I need to pivot Never did I say that when things are not going well, you should just latch on to discouragement and decide that that's how things are going to be. We're looking for a better way forward. We're using it as data points. One of the things I often try to do in my life is think of my life as an experiment. If I do this, what's my kind of the outcome? If I'm not getting the outcome I want, I change the experiment. If I'm getting the outcome I want, I'm going to continue that until it's no longer working for me. So let's think through five different strategies for dealing with your discouragement. Number one, and this is, this is a simple approach, but kind of tough. Accept that your path is going to be challenging. Accept that there are going to be tough moments. Just accept that. Give up on the illusion that progress is supposed to be this nice linear line upward with no bumps in the road. We all know that's not true. And yet we still fool ourselves into believing it. So give up on that. Accept that the path is going to be tough. Just just go with that, that belief, core belief. Any path worth traveling is going to be tough, period. The second thing, focus on the present. Not where things are in a week or a month. What, What are you doing now? Focus on this moment. Remember, discouragement comes because you're looking forward to what does this moment mean about next week. And I want you to be focused on what are you doing in this moment. 
which leads to number three, to disconnect from the outcome. And this is almost a dichotomous statement. You know, there's this weird thing about this, but here we are talking about how to save your marriage. And I'm saying disconnect from the outcome of saving your marriage. That doesn't mean that you throw that hope away, that you give up on that, but you disconnect from the outcome. When people are focused only on the outcome, they panic every moment. They don't feel like they're making progress towards their outcome. So you almost say, okay, I've made a decision. I'm going to save my marriage. Now I'm going to set that aside. And where do I focus? The process. Instead of focusing on the outcome, disconnect from that, but focus on the process. How do I get to that outcome? When I ran a marathon, it was a trail marathon, and there are a couple of things that were true about this marathon. The first thing is they took us on a bus all the way away, 26.2 miles away, or actually it turned out to be 26.3 miles away when they finally um, remeasured it, from the inland on a trail. And they set us out, and they pointed us in the direction, and off we went. There were no crowds to cheer us on. Every now and then, there would be a station where we could get some water, and if we had some medical condition, to get some help. But basically, we were on our own in the woods. And what I realized very quickly is I had to quit thinking about that end line, and I needed to be focused on this quarter mile or half mile and at the most this next mile what was my pace going to be on this how was I feeling on this did I need to slow down on this mile did I need to speed up on this mile I had to focus on where I was right then did I need to eat how did I need to pace out uh, the the water the liquid that I was taking in what did I need to do to take care of myself right now not what was I headed towards now the whole time in my head I understood that my task was to get to the end zone to the end line but I had to give up on the end line because it was 26 miles away. And that begins to be very daunting when you're running in the cold December a little bit at a time for hours. And so I had to stop my focus on that and focus on where was I right now? How could I keep going the next step? And there were times when I couldn't focus on the quarter mile. I couldn't focus on the half mile and certainly not the mile. I could focus on, can I go five more steps? Can I go 10 more steps? Some of the very steep hills, I'm just like, I'll do this one step at a time. So I had to disconnect from the outcome, even though I was headed towards it. I had to focus on my process in in that, which leads to number four. A process requires a plan. When I was running that marathon, I had my plan. I had my nutrients in place. I had uh, everything I needed with gear. I had protection for me that I could take on and put off depending on how cold or hot I got. I knew my pace. I had something that would track my pace. I had some music to listen to. I had my plan on how I was going to do it. I knew what I was going to do with the big hills, uphill or downhill. I knew what I was going to do on the tougher parts when I was having to scramble through a lot of of yucky stuff. I knew how I was going to handle all of that. Having my plan meant that when I was there in the moment, I just followed my plan. But if you don't have a plan, you're winging it at every step. You have to have a plan. Now, if you don't have a plan, if you're lost on that, let's change that. Check out my system at savethemarriage.com, savethemarriage.com, but make sure you have a plan. And number five, have support. 
Remember I told you how our family always wants us to be out of pain and wants the best for us, but doesn't always give the best advice on how to have the best for us. This can be especially true when you're trying to save your marriage. Them wanting you out of pain may mean that their uh, whole point of encouragement is encouraging you to move on, to let go of this. You need to have people who are doing what you want them to do, supporting you in what you want to have happen. In this case, supporting you to save your marriage. Do you have some cheerleaders? Do you have some friends who will stand beside you even when it's overwhelming for you, even when you're discouraged? They're the people who aren't going to say, as soon as you're in pain, oh, maybe you should call it quits. But they're the ones that say, hey, what do you want to do? How do we want to do this? So make sure you have some people who can support you. Maybe it's a coach or a therapist or a minister. Maybe it's a close friend. Maybe it's somebody who can cheer you on when you're down, but that doesn't mean your goal is gone. Stay focused on where you're moving at each moment, but have the support there to cheer you on. You need that. We need connection to help us get through the discouragement. The big lesson, accept that discouragement is a part of this process, but don't let that undermine you. Follow your plan. Stay committed to the process you're in one step at a time. If you need help with that, check out my system at savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.